Okay. Oh, wow. This is a very special deadbeat edition of the uh, Full of Chit Chat podcast uh, because it's being recorded <laughs> by the guest uh, because <laughs> I went to hit record on uh, on this year little um, uh, chit chat and uh, uh, <laughs> found that there was no room on my 2011 MacBook Pro. Uh, which is too full of uh, um, multiple um, copies of uh, various photographs of my infant daughter <laughs> that I've been trying to. Uh, this this is uh, anyway. We'll, we'll get we'll we'll get into this. But first, I will introduce um, uh, the uh, the guest this week, who I'm very excited to uh, to see because now that I am. Um, in my social media hermitage, I, I and and now that there's no live comedy, I I don't get to see you at all anymore. And so, uh, Andrea Jin, it is uh, a pleasure to have you. I know it's so nice to see you and talk to you. It's been so long. Yeah, it it it, it really has. And I I you know what I I have not. Um, this is the first time I've I've done this with the video on. So I'm going to turn my uh, uh, chair <laughs> gently so that I can see you. I. Um, I don't want to ruin the sound on your system, which again <laughs> is being used to uh, record this because I just could not sink any lower. I said to myself, <laughs> how can I end 2021 with less dignity than I ended to 2020? And uh, I'm uh, sticking with that resolution. Yeah, um, I'm glad I had space on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> one of uh, us had to think about that so you know yeah yeah it's uh it just feels like some sort of generational metaphor um because i because you are i think you you're the only i mean i guess uh ivan who has been on the show is uh is a millennial but he's like an older millennial and you're what like you're a young millennial or are you even below are you what year are you born 96. 96. Okay. So I'm on the very tail end of millennial. Yeah, that's not really meaningfully millennial because you were like four when the millennium happened. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember it at all. And. Or oh, that's your story. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, uh, I would, some people would say I might be the beginning part of Gen Z. Okay. But I don't want to be the oldest Gen Z. That seems really desperate. I don't. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> it's absolutely better to be the youngest millennial. Um, I, I mean, yeah. they look. I mean, they they got a lot of bad press. They're not the generation everyone wants to run out and join. But uh, <laughs> it is better to be the youngest. So I'm I'm born 1980, which. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so just like, uh, so I was getting my driver's license the year you made your debut, um, just to put us, to put us in perspective in terms of, um, uh, uh, so I'm like, I, well, cause what a generation is like 15 years, right? Or is that what they, is that what it is? I don't know. I, I mean, that's like, I believe you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, but anyway, so like it's, it's, uh, um, uh, I like, uh, I'm like a Catholic uncle's age older than you. Like I have my, my uncle who is my uncle Yannick is right in between me and my dad. He was like 13 years younger than my dad, 13 years older than me, like in a Catholic family um, um, that those kinds of constellations can exist. Although my dad had an uncle that was also younger than him, uh, which can also happen in Catholicism. Um, you don't, you, uh, I, well, we can we'll talk about this later. But I mean, like, because you because you were born, uh, you were not born in Canada. No, I was born in Shanghai. Uh, yeah, but there are different stories about that. People, I don't know. I feel like passports are weird because my grandma would tell me like, "Oh, you were actually born in the north," um, and then we got your certification once you, we got to Shanghai, and I was oh, like, wow. "Really? I don't know." <laughs> That seems like a lie. As <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so you're convinced that your grandmother's trying to pull the wool over your eyes? Yeah, yeah, because they said a lot of stuff to me when I was a kid, you know, and thinking back now, it's like it was all a lie. So, <laughs> oh they man. Used to tell me, like, 
I used to play with sparkle doll, like sparkly dolls or whatever that had sparkles on them. And then I, sometimes I would just have sparkles on my hands and it would be dinner time and they would be like, oh, go wash your hands. Make sure you get all the sparkles because if you even get one sparkle in your mouth, you'll die immediately. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Why would they put this on a toy? <laughs> I'm still sitting with those kinds of warnings. Like... <laughs> Someone in, in school, in elementary school, said that if you were crossing your eyes and someone hit you on the back, your eyes would stay crossed. And <laughs> I'm, I still physically think that that's true. Like, I, I obviously, yeah. I know that that's not true. But if, if I were to cross my eyes at any point, I don't know in what situation I would be, uh, but like some sort of Jerry Lewis tribute. Um, uh, if someone were to hit me on the back, I know I would panic. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But I do want to say it is be it's better to be the... Mm. Uh, so I'm, in 1980, I'm the last year of Generation X. And it really is true. Like, I am Generation X, not um, uh, uh, first year of the millennium. So, so yeah. No, no. Yeah. So we're exactly one generation apart because I'm, like, the last year of Generation X right before the millennials start. Yeah. And then you're, like, the last or like the last year or first year at the very end of it yeah. but it is I've always felt more it's better to be the younger yeah it's better to because be the youngest person in the room definitely doesn't it feel great because it feels like you're kind of like over it you're like yes. oh whatever like you feel like the cool person who's like I yeah don't really care and not the just the old with the ideas <laughs> yes. the older person with the ideas being like you need to do this and these younger kids are like shut up you know <laughs> like, yeah. yeah i was just like the really relaxed uh 11 year old who like wasn't <laughs> wasn't letting you know the break up you know like um you know uh, uh you know the the suicide of kurt cobain rock my world um to the extent that, I, don't know, I don't know why i chose that example i'm so callous uh i really wish i could walk that one back uh but i have no one, i have no control a... over the audio file yeah i'm starting it there actually <laughs> with echo um uh, so what how old were you when you moved to canada i was I was nine, ten, like basically ten. Okay. Yeah, and I kind of fit in right away. Like I just felt like I was always meant to come here for some reason. I don't know. That's a nice story. Yeah, it was very easy transition. I think it's because it was less strenuous with like studying. It was more mm -hmm. chill, and I always liked watching TV more than. <laughs> studying like I would yeah. to a point where I wouldn't go to dinner and I was an only child so like I guess spoiled you know and my grandma will just spoon feed me while I'm watching the tv <laughs> yeah it was horrible. <laughs> what age is this uh spoon feeding scenario still happening <laughs> uh, I was like <laughs> eight maybe oh, wow that's yeah. uh quite right until we came here yeah honestly mm hmm yeah, you're kind of, I feel like I'm getting, sort of getting the treatment that your grandma gave you because I, I feel like that story when you initially just told it a minute ago was already happening in Canada, but you're rolling back the clock on it. Um, yeah, now like... it's a pre-departure story. I feel like uh, maybe that runs in the family. <laughs> yeah, I'm lying. Um, I, I've done such a, a piss poor job of setting you up here as well. For anyone who doesn't know you, you of course, um, you're a, a stand-up comedian. You're a, uh, a writer. Um, uh, terrific at both. Uh, one of my favorites of the um, young crop of comedians who have um, uh, risen up to <laughs> replace me and my ilk. Um, and uh, uh, when did stand-up become part of your life? Like, uh, do you remember the first, like, stand-up special you saw? Like, who it was? Yeah, I, like, I remember... I was just on YouTube watching like the cheetah girls on Disney, like trying to learn their Spanish <laughs> songs that they sing and their little dance moves. And, and, uh, and I, I, I just got, I just, it's just like YouTube, right? YouTube just makes you watch any video. Right. And they were like, Oh, watch like Russell Peters. 
right? And I think Russell Peters was the first because of his clips on YouTube. Yeah. And then I got into, you know, a ton of problematic comedians (laughs) now. Oh, oh, people who have all since... Well, look, like the... like. My, my, uh, like defining and, and the comedian I sounded exactly like for the first probably year and a half that I did stand up was Woody Allen was like the whole, so like <laughs> now I just have this giant, um, uh, like crater in the middle of, uh, interviews when people are like, so who are the comedians that made you want to do comedy? I go, you know, just comedy in yeah. general. Yeah. I'm always like. Happy? <laughs> I'm always like, uh, yeah, I was watching Ali Wong, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, 10 years ago when she <laughs> was just an underground comedian in San Francisco. How'd you find her tapes? Uh, I just, well, I went there. You had so. a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of, yeah, saying like Louis C.K. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, there was nobody who, I mean, nobody who getting interested in comedy at your age and like in in those years would not have been watching Louis C.K. Like yeah. that would have been that would have been like almost uh, like um, professional negligence to have not. Uh, he was the biggest thing in the in the industry. Like it would have been like you know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I mean. And I had no idea. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like well, as a, well, I didn't believe you on the uh, spoon feeding story. Like I feel like that for sure happened over here when you were like sixteen, seventeen. But uh, I believe you on the Louis C.K. thing. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I'll, I'll back you up. You never told me. Yeah, so <laughs> I uh, I have been um, fidgeting with a. Um, vitamin E capsule that I found uh, while clearing off the uh, printer to put the laptop on top of um, and for some reason have been uh, I don't know if so I I reached for the kettle I don't know if you can see that on the inside this is like and this is after several weeks of healing Um, I gave myself uh, my dad said it qualifies as a third degree burn I mean my dad has I mean he's not and he's going to hear this so I don't want to parents just say things though (laughs) Yeah, this might be in sparkle territory, um, uh, but uh, when, but it was it was like I I reached over a kettle. It was it was an, it was a one hundred percent self own. I reached over uh, the steam coming out of a boiling kettle and oh burnt like a, a crater into my arm. And so I've been um, uh, like scissoring open. Uh, vitamin E capsules to uh, put on the wound and, uh, or the now healed um, uh, red mark. And uh, oh, yeah. And help? so I just found it. It's supposedly, yeah. It's what yeah. Um, uh, moms are, uh, new moms are told to do with uh, their stretch marks. And oh. what, uh, yeah, what I feel like maybe somebody could have told uh, a, a, a uh, <laughs> beast teenager uh, uh, I can think of. Um <laughs> Um, that burn reminds me of like the uh, curling iron burns I used to get when I would used to curl my hair with like a hot iron and I'll be like trying to do the back and then I'll just poke my arm a lot of girls get that so oh wow people might think that that's from a curling iron (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) right now I really look like I I should um I, I I at the moment I have like uh um uh, like I, I've, you and I uh, had an exchange uh, uh, a couple of months ago where when I, I mentioned um, that I was uh, doing uh, theology school and you were like, oh, I didn't know that you were religious. And now I feel like if people see this haircut, they just assume that I'm part of some fucking mountain polygamous community. Like I'm like the leader's son. Uh, <laughs> like it's just, yeah, I, I this and is they really- burn you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like this is my, uh, I got stigmata, but just like halfway up the forearm. Uh, it's like a very rare form of, of uh, blooper stigmata. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I I uh, have been cutting my, the only person who likes my hair like this, incidentally, is Kara, my wife. And um, Josephine, uh, my daughter, uh, hates it. And uh, 
Uh, it's, it is Why? Like, Why did she hate it? Um, I think she just, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, with kids, there are some like aesthetic <laughs> choices that just, that feel slightly random that it is just about like, they decide like, um, uh, like she'll just, she'll just say she doesn't like it when I have a mustache. <laughs> uh, or, or then she'll say like, no, I don't like it when you shave. Like she just, it feels like it's more about a power move, but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It's, I get it. I shaved my head at the beginning of COVID, um, at one point <laughs> and, uh, I had finally gotten out of the woods, like at the end of the year and then the vaccines start coming out <laughs> and somehow I shaved my head again. I don't know what, uh. <laughs> It um, looks great, though. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, I you. thought That's... it was a haircut. Oh, <laughs> I thought. <laughs> um, and I also thought you had enough room on your uh, computer to record. Oh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good at telegraphing uh, like a uh, functional human being to the world. But what no, has but your lockdown year been like? Like, what is I, pandemic? I honestly thought about shaving my head so many times. <laughs> I did, like. Not even, I'm not even just saying that. Just to get away from the curling iron injuries? Or? <laughs> like, I just, it's serious thinking about it. Like, actually listing out, like, what would be so bad about this? Like, if I just shaved my head. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, you know? And then being like, uh, it's just photos, right? <laughs> like, photos. <laughs> That's really the only thing. Because uh, just because I just... Like I'm not doing anything, so it, it, you're it's time to reset. Your pros and cons list, I have to say, is is the wrong approach to um, <laughs> impulsive self destruction. Uh, <laughs> like that's not how you do it. Like you're 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 you're, um, you're supposed to just do the do the thing, the irreversible thing, that's and true. then wonder what's wrong with you afterwards. <laughs> Uh, you're like responsibly making a list of um, uh, somehow, despite the like spoon feeding and the um, sparkle <laughs> traumatizing, you really turned out quite a balanced uh, individual. <laughs> so yeah, like you're not doing any like, uh, are you doing Zoom shows? Are you doing like, like, yeah. wh like what happened to your, um, uh, your comedy? Because this is the other thing I'm finding as I talk to more comedians is that nobody's having the same year I, oh, like really? i've talked to, uh, yeah i've talked to people who have not told a joke on stage since march 12th wow. of 2020 yeah. and then i've talked to people who like had more or less the same kind of december they would always have only they were working on zoom instead of driving the different gigs like interesting yeah, yeah like, i've been doing a lot of zoom shows but i don't know i don't really like them that mm. much and so if it's for a, not a company, if it's just for like a private party or something, mm -hmm. I'll just like say some crazy price and then they stop messaging me. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> but so I like try not to do them, but I've been doing a lot of like charity shows, which which are fun. Other than that, it's honestly, we did Winnipeg Comedy Festival. So that's we right. were able to do, you know, a few sets here and there. But which now in retrospect feels like it's like somebody from across a football field through a like sewing needle thread, like a, like a, like threaded a needle from across a, a public park like that. They managed to pull off that festival <laughs> within the parameters of like it's 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 like it boggles the mind. It was very impressive for sure. Yeah. And it really felt like it was like we were able to see the the um whole closing mm -hmm. like as, yeah yeah as it was happening just things were shutting down and stuff and we were like, oh no yeah. but we got it in there so that's good um but before that it i haven't really been doing shows for a really long time um but it was actually quite healing i feel yeah. like i was doing sets like two i was doing too many shows like uh it got to a yeah where i wasn't taking care of myself i would eat mm. like one meal a day like i would wake up at <clears throat> this was my real schedule i would wake up at 3 p.m and then just 
realize, oh, I have to do a show soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just kind of do some whatever, just stupid thing and then go to the show. Just think about the show until the show and then do the show. And then it's like 10 p.m. And I just get fast food, A&W. Hmm. and then i go to i watch like three movies for some reason at night <laughs> and then i go to sleep at like 5 a.m and that was like the cycle mm-hmm. and it yeah. was awful like i felt i was really underweight and i um yeah i felt sick so it's been nice to kind of see that that was not so that was too extreme you you definitely have that like the the uh, worker bee quality about you of like um, in the mold for me of like when I think of uh, Ivan Decker when I think of um, Phil Hanley who I, I who uh, I don't think you ever would have overlapped with in Vancouver right um, yeah no but um, yeah he he's been here a few times and I've seen him but yeah I mean I mean Phil Phil's brilliant but the price of that brilliance is like I mean he literally. Uh, you know the, the the extreme quality of it was that one night when I forget what it was I think it was like he was mugged or something happened oh. where he was like either hit very hard on the head or knocked over like some kind of um, thing where it where it turned out that he was he was concussed I might be telling tales out of school here I may be getting some of the details of this wrong it's a good thing that there are only dozens of people who will hear this. Uh, but but uh, if any of you is Phil Hanley's lawyer, uh, I, I do want to point out that this is being taped on Andrea Jin's hard drive. I yeah. have virtually nothing to do with this. Uh, it's going directly from Andrea Jin's hard drive uh, to the Substack control. platform. Uh, really, I'm just a middleman. Um, but uh, 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 he was like mugged or something like that where um, he went to the emergency room but only after he did his set, which <laughs> is one of those stories that you just hear of like one, that's insanity. Yeah. And two, I can't relate to that even remotely. <laughs> Cause then I'm at the, like, I'm not quite at the like Darcy Michael uh, end of the spectrum where like, of, but I've just like famous for like, Hey, they canceled the gig. I'm really sorry. Hey, where are you going? You shouldn't be dancing out of the room while I'm trying to apologize for the fact that the show got canceled. <laughs> like, uh, just like, uh, I, I'm always happy to hear like, hey, not enough people showed up. Uh, <laughs> everybody can go home and uh, be, be with your families and uh, or just go home and have a nice dinner. Uh, um, no, uh, I was like that for sure. Like, I, I have that. I mean, uh it was really fun preparing for when I recorded my uh, comedy album. And then after that, it felt like there was no goal that I was climbing towards. Mm-hmm. And so it felt kind of repetitive. And I was like just prepping for showcasing. So I was doing the same sets, right? Over right. and over. And if, and I was like, I would be glad, like, um, if a show was canceled or something like that, right. but then I felt pressured to still show up to every show. Cause I'm very competitive. Mm. So like, I'm always like, well, if they're going to like, everyone else is going to go. So I have to go. And if I don't go for one day, I won't be funny for one day or like I'll lose it or <laughs> right. something. I have this like insecurity. That's like, Oh, I'll lose it if I don't go. Mm-hmm. It's, it's <laughs> like, that is um, one of the, uh, I think like secret sauce of life is like knowing exactly the point in life at which to embrace that kind of anxiety and like let it ride because you're you're mm-hmm. like young enough and it's like it's it's fucked up but it's it's fine you're not gonna do any like like it's like it's okay to have that kind of um, ambition and that kind of like you know um, uh, but then. But then also, and, you know, you're noting it, like, in, in what you're saying about what the pandemic year has done for you, like, knowing uh, how to uh, acknowledge it and, 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 and know when, it's, when it doesn't feel good anymore. Or know, when it, know when it's not feeding, know when it's not feeding the comedy anymore. Know when it's not, you know, um, giving you sustenance anymore. Like, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough thing. And it's, and it's also, like, I mean... 
I was very lucky in this way in that, um, like I met Kara um, a year into doing stand-up and she loved the stand-up scene. She considered comedians to be her friends and she loved coming out to shows and stuff like that, but she wasn't, she's not a comic, right? So mm -hmm. I had this, this person in my life from whom I drew, uh, you know, a great deal of my uh, self like uh, assessment or self-respect and, you know, yeah. my well-being yeah. was outside of that world. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but, but, you know, when I, I've, I've sometimes been envious of, of people like you and, and Ivan and, you know, to have that kind of like just total commitment because it's really borne out in you. I mean, you're like, you're, you're, cause you've been at it now. How, how long? It's been three years since, well, before March. So like before I stopped, so three years. Yeah. And so four years in total. Yeah. Four years in total. Yeah. Since. Yeah. Cause that's, it's crazy to me because uh, it's, um, I, and people who want to hear your um, album, they can get it uh, on uh, Apple. They can yeah, get anywhere, it. Uh, yeah. But it, it's out in two weeks, actually. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, right on. Oh, this is yeah. so timed so well. Okay, okay. I keep, uh, this is the other running um, element on the um, on the podcast is uh, I keep saying that the next episode is going to be the one that people have to pay for. Like, uh, it's because the podcast <laughs> is supposed to be subscriber only. But now I, I want people to hear about the, um, okay, so, so tell us about that. Well, that's very exciting. Yeah, it's uh, it was recorded last year in January, yeah. like literally one year ago, and uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a collection of jokes about my family, right? Just mm -hmm. the first few jokes that I've written in the first three years of doing stand up, but the best ones that I feel, uh, I I definitely squeezed it so that the mm -hmm. you know the bad ones are not included, but. Yeah. <laughs> The album is, yeah, the bad ones are not included. So, Is that the name of the album? <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> you should have the uh, bad ones available as extra tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, B-sides, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's just me bombing. Like, it's really <laughs> bad. It's not even bad by my standards. It's, like, bad to everyone. <laughs> I included um, on my album a... Because uh, we ended up... Um, Kevy, the producer, um, Kevy Marr, who uh, recorded all five shows from one week at the Comedy Mix. Uh, but we ended up, we just used uh, the Saturday night early show uh, mm -hmm. with like a little, like a few bits and pieces from some of the other um, uh, nights. But mostly we just used that one show to kind of get that like organic feeling of having it all like hang together. Right. Yeah. Um, but we included it as a bonus track, this little like, um, heckling moment and it's like from from the um from the saturday late show and i i, I listened to the album for the first time in a in a very long while i, I it um uh maybe like a couple weeks ago and just hearing that saturday night late show energy uh yeah. in oh. a recording was so um so weird and, and of course like right now i'm nostalgic for it yeah uh, no i remember hearing your album like uh the even when you came out like it was so honestly i was shocked even before the pandemic happened because i listened to your album before the pandemic like back you know when stand-up was still a thing and <laughs> and like uh i remember like comedy mix, comedy mix, I feel like is a special venue. Okay, now it's recording. Again. Now it's recording again. So, um, <laughs> so I, I think uh, uh, Gen Z uh, uh, heard us being nostalgic about a closed <laughs> comedy club and the launched some sort of cyber attack. Our our Zoom was just interrupted. Now I don't even know. Are you are you like? Do you have the technological wherewithal to put? the two files into one yeah, thing? I can, I can edit it for you too, Charlie. So are you, you're now the, the producer of the show? Yeah, um, I, I'll, I'll do I, everything. You just, you just chill. If you, could, if you could lay down sort of a bed of, uh, of uh, sort of uh, just kind of ambient uh, music underneath 
um, that sort of matches at each point the, uh, uh, the you know the, the atmosphere of the conversation. I, I really yeah. feel like um, <laughs> what, whatever relaxing you got to do at the beginning of life with the uh, spoon feeding during TV time, <laughs> it's really catching up with you tonight. I um, uh, with all I these uh, this homework associated with the. You've done more uh, 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 work in relation to the podcast so far than any other guest <laughs> by far. Although I will admit now uh, <laughs> that it's a few weeks on um, that uh, the first episode, which I recorded with Vancouver City Councilor, uh, the Reverend Christine Boyle, um, uh, we recorded. Uh, it went super well. We had a great conversation. I got off and I went to stop recording and I couldn't because I had not started recording. Oh, no. Uh, and so um, I, Chris, Chris, who is a friend, very sweetly uh, agreed to then do a second episode with me. So uh, she's, I she's been there. Uh, in second place. But yeah, <laughs> I, I should have <laughs> yeah, been there. Yeah. I would have been like, hey, someone needs to record. And then what have <laughs> Caught that. <laughs> I, uh, somehow I wonder how you haven't been kicked out of the producers guild yet. <laughs> um, so, so that that's wild to me that like I I I did not know that it was only three. Uh, well, no, four years because I know this is mm-hmm. a year that like you were still a comedian this year. It was um, a year of learning, but it is for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's uh, uh, sort of like when uh, Bart um, uh, finishes his uh, his report and says, in conclusion, Bolivia is a land of contrast. Um, in conclusion, 2020 was a year of learning. Uh, but it was. Um, yeah. Because like, I feel very, obviously, like I'm in a different place. Like I am terrified of how things are going to get like, how am I going to get restarted? How am I going to get, like, going again once all this is done after what looks like it will be, like, 18 months of, like, you know, I'm now kind of resigned to the fact that it'll be fall of 2021 when things yeah. are, like, normal. Uh, and, uh, like, that, that brings its own sort of host of, of issues with, you know, I'm, I've been at it for 16 years. I'm a 40 year old man. I've like, it's, it's a, um, but for someone who's at the, the beginning, um, it's a very different, it's gotta be a very different set of feelings. Yeah. I feel like I was rushing. I feel like I was definitely rushing. Cause I see the people around me. I see everyone else's progress. I'm, I just, uh was just i'm just really bad at minding my own business <laughs> instead hmm. of uh yeah and um just kind of comparing myself to people who have been doing it for tens of what 20 you know right years. yeah and so i was definitely like in a hurry to like prove myself um but now looking at it it's like oh it's just very stupid <laughs> it, it's it's a um think people think about it uh in in terms of like um a, a pyramid in the sh- like with sheer sides but it's really more like um it, like comedy in particular has these weird plateaus that you can't see from the bottom and so mm-hmm. you you when you're looking up it looks like it's just this straight uh mm-hmm. road to the top and what it, what it actually is, is the, like this series of like uh, the, the series of plateaus that, I mean, even that's putting it a little bit too optimistically because you can, you can go down too. Like it's not like, it's, I, I don't mean to suggest it's just kind of this steady up and up either, but like, um, cause I remember like thinking uh, when I was starting, like, okay, well you, I just gotta like, you know, once I have, once I have uh, an hour or once I'm, you know, doing this or like, uh, you just, and, and, and also nobody ever sits you down and say, here's how people in comedy make a living or here's yeah. when you, you know that you're um, a real comedian or here's where you like there, mm-hmm. because there are no rules, you just kind of like you come into it, you sprint. And I've seen so many people over the years come in just be brilliant right out of the gate and, and, and go so hard. And then when they get to that first plateau, 
and realize like, oh shit, this was just like the first thing. Yeah. They're like they're, they're winded, right? Because it's like, yeah. it's like they started off at, at a sprint. Um, mm-hmm. But, but you've been, you, you, uh, like you, you, you write, you, like you've been working on other skills and stuff like that. Like, yeah. like you, you're not, um, you're not painting yourself in any corners. Yeah. That's the, one of the things that I was really grateful for that I had time to take a break. And obviously I'm very lucky that that was what the pandemic was for me. Mm-hmm. It's like a really awful thing, you know, for a lot of people, but I was lucky enough that, I was taking this time to like learn how to write and write, you know, and I realized that I wasn't really like living a, a life, <laughs> you know, I was right. only like thinking about stand up, and uh, you kind of have to know what it's like to live, to like write stuff that resonates with people, <laughs> you know? I, I, you're, you're, you're so pushing at an open door on that one. I, I like, I, I, I could not agree with you more. And I, I also like that, that is another place where like a lot of young, a lot of young standups particularly can get into that place where like when, because when they're in their twenties and the audience is in their twenties, it's like, they're in the same place. They're going out every night to, shows and that's yeah. what the audience is doing as well but as soon as the audience gets into their 30s and 40s or you start leaving the city and going out into places where people oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. wake up and go work in places that suck all day and like come home and like they've come to your show because they hired a babysitter and they like mm-hmm. um and 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 they come to your show and you're talking about uh, you know, the video games you played that day, yeah. or the, like uh, the club you went to, uh, you know, yeah. that Tuesday night, they're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Uh, and I've, I've seen that happen with the comedian who was like, you know, the cute young guy in his twenties who yeah. then is just no, slightly. Yeah. yeah. I had so much trouble uh, playing like anywhere, but metropolitan cities um, just because yeah, I wasn't relatable. You know, because of the things mm. I was talking about wasn't like normal life, I guess. You know, it was right. kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was hard. And I didn't know why. I was always like, oh, how come? Like, I, I go out enough. I like do shows enough. Like, and I, <laughs> right. and, you know, and it's just so stupid. Just like this, like, you know, I had blinders on, right? Like just not realizing, um, yeah, what the problem was. And then this gave me a lot of perspective. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 one of those things where it's like you say, and I can hear it in your voice, you're like you're hesitant, which I I, mean, I think is right. You, you don't want to be hesitant, like, wow, what a great pandemic, because I had this chance to think about stuff. But yeah. um, like, on, on the other hand, like, you know, it is a it is a good, natural human thing to want to say, like, okay, having been forced into this place of of like, horror and anxiety and boredom <laughs> and like, like, like what is the, what is the redemption that we were able to find in this? And I feel like a lot of people are um, landing in something like that, like not, not just in relation to comedy, like in, in relation to, um, I mean, life in general uh, yeah. about the pace, the pace of things and, and yeah. what constitutes a life. Yeah. And almost like, it's weird because before the pandemic, I felt like things were bad. And that's why I felt like everyone was in such a hurry to like make money or make a name for themselves or, you know, try to succeed somehow. Uh, but now that <laughs> looking at the world now, it's a thousand times worse. But it almost, for me personally, it it's almost like funny now. Like where, I mean, it's not, but it's like, <laughs> it's like to a point where it's like, oh, I give up, you know, right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Uh, like it's, it's, it's just like this. This is just life. It's just like that. And uh, it's, there's something, it's not like a bad thing for me. I don't know. I don't know. No, that it, I, it's a very, um, it, it's, it's like a philosophical resignation instead of like uh it's not just like a pure cynicism but it's it's yeah. like a a uh finding a certain amount of freedom in like okay well if this is how fucked up everything is yeah. going to be then yeah 
I, I remember exactly. listening listening to a, an interview with with Jim Carrey like when I was a, a teenager and he was talking about his dad getting laid off from this job that had been the like the thing that held the family all together and then after that they just they lived out of a van and they were working as like a like a family providing like custodial services and he was like washing urinals and stuff like that like with his dad and he he said that um that his watching his dad go through that indignity of losing that job that had been this like that that was the removal of the safety net that also then made it possible for him to go like well okay if there's no safety net then I'll just like then I can just be creative and yeah because like because my dad did the safe thing and they fucked them so Mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 um it it's i don't know my 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 hope uh is is really um that we will come out of this uh with a with a kind of um something like what came out of world war two in in large parts of the world i mean this was not um what came out of world war two everywhere by any means but with that feeling of like having come through something collectively and, um, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, there's, we all kind of, I mean, there, there was this, there was fighting during, there, there was the, the, the equivalent of like anti-maskers and shit in, in World War II as well. Right. They just, they weren't on Twitter and they, and we, and yeah. they've kind of been airbrushed out of the story for the most part. Um, but, but in order to co come out of this thing like it is going to require so much human cooperation and then I think people will be so hungry to be back around each other in cramped spaces where they can kind of sort of smell each other and be around each other's you know like in in ways that might even seemed like uncomfortable before and I and and I feel like stand-up like I, I do feel like the stand up on the other side of this is just gonna be so special. Like I feel oh, like I know. people yeah. are Yeah. Everyone's gonna uh be grateful again for the things that like we all took for granted, I feel like. But I mean hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't speak for everyone. Like the steady hand of President <laughs> Trump, you know. <laughs> yeah, because I was like actually a lot of people are different in terms of how they're taking <laughs> they are not I'm, I've been pretty chill this whole time but everyone's going crazy <laughs> so as a fan do you guys ever go like hey you know we picked a really odd time in history to leave China to jump ship to North America like <laughs> one civilization is really on the downswing uh, I know I was really like feels- I was thinking because um you know a lot of uh, many parts of asia were pretty normal for a long time uh like around this time now um a lot of my relatives actually have gone back oh my gosh a lot of my relatives have gone back actually to china oh no from 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 canada Mm -hmm. like they were they were living in canada and wow yeah because it yeah. is more normal there right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like I mean, I remember when that photo came of that um that uh wave that like wave pool. Have you seen this picture? No. And it was like um it was like a, I think it was in Wuhan, like I like I uh but it's like this Chinese um wave pool like it's just it's like this mass of humanity. Like it's just this enormous pool with like hundreds of people in it uh, like a literal, all, like, like wave right, pool a wave pool yeah and oh my and, God. and and it was taken like a couple months ago or something like that and then when, when it came out everybody was like wait what the fuck is going on yeah that's like uh, the was, grossest way to be around people too <laughs> <laughs> yes i uh wave a wave pool is one of those things that's like it's like both somehow both like literal and metaphorical at the same time. Yeah. Like it's, it's like an epidemiological chart 
Um, <laughs> but uh, it was like, uh, I mean, and I read a piece, you know, this essay in um, the London Review of Books by a, a Chinese writer who like explained, it was like, well, look, I mean, it's not for free. Like uh, there are massive curtailments of civil liberties. Uh, like, the government knows if you have COVID for sure because of the phone you have in your pocket and the thing, yeah. like the like there's tests all the time. And like you, it's not like it's left up to you to decide how you're going to respond if you get it. Um, but, but the society has been largely functional uh, for <laughs> a while now in a way that like you look at, you look at, um, and and I mean, this is, you know, we were joking about like generational difference, but like I was about nine years old when uh, the Soviet bloc began to uh, crumble. There was nothing this crazy on TV yeah. coming out of there. Like there was, there was nothing as like nutso as the TV host president bending <laughs> a bunch of like yeah duck hunt guys into the capitol building and and killing people like that like like it, it was uh it, it it's bananas i know so you're like totally off social media so you like don't see anything right um i i will Every now and again, I will like, um, I'll do a little bit of lurking of a couple of sites on, on okay. Twitter. Yeah. Um, like uh, on, on my desktop browser, I've literally like, I've blocked Twitter on my phone. Right. Because I don't want to be able physically to, to check it on my phone. But yeah. um, cause uh, I was going to say, it's like way worse if you have social ugh. media, like it's not, I hate it. Like I really hate having it, but I feel like. I just feel very burdened to it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's definitely really bad because everyone has their little opinion and it's always kind of really stupid and misinformed. Um, and it's just, and they feel like they're, they're the spokespeople for this yeah. thing and they feel like they need you to know that you, you're stupid or whatever. It's very, yeah, it's very aggressive energy that I don't... Uh <laughs> So I, I, in my late teens, I was in this like little, like crazy Marxist uh, sect. And, and one of the craziest or funniest things about our little group of school, like was that we would have to have what we, we called our, our line on something it was like, we need to figure out like, what's our line on, uh, you know, uh, this war or this, um, you know, uh, Elian Gonzalez, uh, uh, should he be sent back to Cuba? Like what, like what's our line on this? Like as if anyone gave a shit, like what this like little group of seven communists in Vancouver, like <laughs> what we were calling for, um, uh, when it came to like Elian Gonzalez, uh, and, and, and what the, uh, INS should do fast forward, <laughs> to uh, like the social media age and suddenly everyone is their own little communist group of school <laughs> with a line on things it's like, I need to make a statement on yeah. uh, like, yeah. like, you know what? If, if a famous singer dies and you don't expressly say that you hated them, I'm just going to assume that you're sad too, or that you think it's, Oh, too bad that that yeah. person died. Um, I know everyone just thinks, oh, my opinion is very important. <laughs> it's, I've we've definitely exhausted the having con to connect with each other through the internet. I think I think we reached that in two thousand and nine. <laughs> yeah, I I I I feel like anyone at this point who's still clinging to this idea that there's something. Like, we just need to talk it out more. It's like, no, there's, if you think that having more information is always good and always the right answer and will always lead to better results in your relationships, go ask your parents uh, what 
sexual positions they enjoy together. Like, <laughs> that's not the case. It's not always best to have the most. Uh, like yeah. that's why we that's why we have walls on our houses and not just windows on everything. Like, there has to be some private like, and and I think what people can't wrap their heads around is that like what we used to think as a society was like if you can get someone who has like a profound tribalistic uh hatred of someone because of their gender identity or sexual identity or their racial identity something that they like they they hate that person because of something that person cannot change about themselves or, or even something they can change about themselves if you can get that person to just like quietly and simmeringly hate that other person and then go home and complain about them to their family. That's a, that's a win for society. Like (laughs) it's only social media that said like, no, we have to go right into that person's heart. We have to go right into that person's head and we don't go home until we've convinced that person. And it's like, what we're actually learning is like, there is no, there is no moment when the conversation is finally ultimately won with the bad people. Like, yeah. And no one's changing anyone's mind. No, at all. It's, it's just you being really just, I don't know, nothing. It's just you yelling into like a cave, you know? And then, but then everyone can see you do that. And they're like, are they okay? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And also someone owns the cave and like, they're making all the money from uh, the, that's the, that's the other thing that I I just like, uh, um, you know, that was the, 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 like the, the, finally, when it, when it got to the, uh, the end of things with, cause I I held on to Instagram for a while. Cause Instagram, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, uh, it's just, pictures of my kid it's pictures yeah. of fun things we're doing it's what it like and i'm a very political person like i'm not somebody who wants to bury his head in the sand yeah. but i when 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 how good a person you are became determined by like how much you were filling your feed yeah. with your beliefs yeah. it, it was just like so are we why don't we just all send a facebook checks at this point and just like cut out the middleman like if we're gonna define like being a good citizen with how much time we spend on uh mark zuckerberg owned platforms providing free content like it's just bananas anyway i know i miss the josephine updates though oh thank you (laughs) i uh well you can follow me on uh parlor is that what it's uh, i i i i was on twitter long enough today to find out that there's uh, that parlor has been is offline and also that people can't decide if it's called parlor or parlay oh really oh wow yeah. you're checking twitter uh well yeah hey. I, che- I i i was on zoom <laughs> for five and a half hours today and uh, uh. not counting our um <laughs> double barrel session um <laughs> I've already kept you for for twice as long as 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 i planned to um so i uh I, I I do want to wrap this up. What what tell tell uh, tell everybody again? Um, uh, you've named the album. Yeah, it's called uh, Grandma's Girl because I oh. like you know like Daddy's Girl, but then Beautiful. yeah, it's my grandma. It because just because she raised me, we're really close, and all the jokes are about her. Basically, not all of them, half of them, um, and a lot of them just circle back to her, anyways. So that's very sweet. She's a big he- part. You know, I grew up in the house with my granny. Like it was, oh, really? uh, yes, it was. Um, so I, I feel like it's a very, um, I feel like that is a, something that we have in common. And I, uh, I also feel uh, whenever anyone uh, compliments me on my manners, which happens uh, more than uh, you would think, I always uh, <laughs> explain to them that's because I grew up in the house with my grandmother. I honestly, th- I honestly can say I can tell when people have spent a lot of time with their grandmas growing up mm-hmm. because they're always more considerate of others and but also kind of happier, like a bit more, <laughs> you know, happier and more charming about life, right? Yeah. Well, because <laughs> you, your parents like 
they kind of hate you for <laughs> <laughs> they're just too close they're too close yeah. to the action yeah definitely and they kind of they like either will see themselves in you or they just put too much expectation right. on you. it's just too close definitely too close uh, but grandma is just like a good time so it's purely gratuitous like yeah but I also do. they very much care about you know like the right way to do things so <laughs> yeah oh and okay and so that's out uh and and uh where, where can people find it anywhere um <laughs> I'm like, on the street you go outside look on the ground. you'll find it i mean it'll be around i got the best publicist <laughs> it's just out on the sidewalk are, are you doing uh, it with anybody yeah with six so far um, oh wow hey yeah. we're label mates yeah 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 and uh kevy also produced oh it. fantastic and, yeah and uh um yeah, it, it'll be on like Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all the listening platforms. Anyone here on? I'm so excited to hear this. This is uh, this is wonderful. And for anyone who doesn't know, um, Kevy Kevy um, is a musician and, and producer. Um, his uh, his band is now just Fake Shark, right? It used mm -hmm. to be Fake Shark Real Zombie, but then they, um, I believe, had a personnel change and then uh, changed the, which I feel is a classy move. And I just want to yeah. say, uh, you probably won't have the same investment in this, but um, <laughs> I, uh, for, you know, this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my stand here. Um, I've always felt that the bare naked ladies, after Stephen Page left, they should have tweaked their name somehow. Maybe just go BNL, just to the letters somehow. Mm -hmm. That's so specific. And really, I, I, you were kind even to give the hmm that you did and uh but i do but so anyway i honor only that people I, only people <laughs> that grew up with their grandmas would understand <laughs> right i uh the but kevy is kevy is also like the impresario of uh canadian comedy he has produced um i, I mean i think has produced uh two-thirds of the uh, Juno-winning comedy albums since the category came back. Um, like, he's just, he, he's, he's fantastic. And uh, I can't wait to hear what you two have uh, done together. I also don't want to suggest that it's like half him, half you. It's still mostly <laughs> you. Like, I, like, I, like, but, but I, I, he's, he's, he's tremendous. And, and uh, you're such a talent that I, 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 I know it's going to be fantastic. And uh, I'm very excited he for people to get to hear it. He did a lot of work on it. He did. Because I'm very picky. And uh, we spent hours just. As like, you should. Yeah. Yeah. So it is very much credited to him for sure. Yeah, I mean, like he, that, that, but that's why he's the good producer that he is, and how he became the comedy A and R guy at, I know. at the label. I was very shocked that he was able to follow my instructions of, okay, can you cut this right? Cut this like? Cut this right? Cut right? Oh yeah, cut, yeah, yeah. Right. I say I realize you know what? Listening to the recording, I say right too much. It's very hard to listen. <laughs> you you listen to yourself, and you just you go, okay, well. Um, uh maybe try try a set where you don't say uh for a beat after every punchline uh to give the audience uh the cue where to laugh you dimwits like you just get so hateful with yourself and oh, it's yeah, um, no i was very hope i felt hopeless i felt like okay well i have to record it again and this time I won't say anything about it. I'll just do normal shows because I can't say that I'm re-recording. That's embarrassing. <laughs> but he was able to edit it too. I think it's a good uh, finished product. Well, he is he's the second best producer in the business. Second only to you, uh, yes, Andrea. Uh, hey, I'm going to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> like this interruption is you're not even gonna hear it it's just gonna seamless so. <laughs> pioneer of the ball of sound uh yeah. technique and in, i got uh, so much room on my laptop we could go another <laughs> three hours <laughs> uh andrea jim thank you very much uh for coming on the podcast i can't wait until uh we can uh be on uh, a lineup together at a real live comedy show I know. I miss seeing you, and it was really nice to talk to you. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Thank you for 
some for some reason treating me as the host of this, even though you're the one recording it. <laughs> uh, but I will put now. it up. <laughs> yes, I think everyone would support uh, that that <laughs> transfer in management. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, thank you so much. Take good care of yourself, and uh, uh, keep um, keep uh, just just keep doing exactly what you're doing. Thank you, thank you. That's really encouraging. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I'll see you soon. Take care.